0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. In today's episode, single topic episode, we're going to talk, yes, ladies and gentlemen, a little football and a summer camp preview of the New York Giants. For all my Jet fans, that preview will be coming up. But in this episode, we're strictly going to stick with the big blue. What I want to do is break down the offensive and defensive unit in this episode, Team strengths on each side of the ball, position battles that you want to watch or pay attention to, areas of concern going into camp. And basically, I want to break down each unit on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Now, what's the purpose of summer camp, you may ask? It's to basically get these guys in shape, get a little camaraderie, a little rhythm. And all those mini camps that they had preceding the summer camp, all they did were just organize team activities, OTAs, basically just to keep you in shape. But this is where you get into the meat and the potatoes of how we're going to run the offense. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Especially with the Giants having a new coach, there's going to be a lot of change, a lot of turnover, and a lot of things to work on. In saying that, I was taught growing up watching football, Defense wins championships, and offense wins football games. So let's start with the defensive side of the ball. Now, one thing that last year the Giants lacked and the new defensive coordinator as well as the new defensive scheme we're going to have, it needs to be addressed, is pass rush. The pass rush needs to be clear and present. It can't be the same formation, sending the same type of guys, doing the same thing, hoping it gets home. With their new, with the Giants' new defensive coordinator, James Betcher, he runs a multiple three-four scheme. Now, what it, what that is is basically three defensive linemen and four linebackers. But when I say multiple, it means where the linebackers line up and which gap responsibility they have. Are we playing over? Are we playing under? Are we playing solid? The defensive linemen, are we playing under the tight end or are we playing over the tight end? You're very flexible when you can play a 3-4 defense. Now, this is a signing that can pay pay big dividends for the Giants potentially in the regular season. They just acquired the services of free agent linebacker Connor Barwin. Now, Connor Barwin is a 6'4", 255-pound linebacker that fits this defense perfectly. The key to the 3-4 defense is you need linebackers that are big and physical, but they also have to be able to pass rush. Now, Connor fits that to the T. He's a nine-year vet who missed one year due to injury, but if you look up his sacks, not including that one year that he missed, he averages 6.9 sacks a season. Now, that's pretty good. And that's going to really be good in this Giants defense next year because with Jason Pierre-Paul taking his services to the South, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8.5 sacks he'll be taking with them. Devon Kennard, no longer a Giant. He'll he'll be playing elsewhere next season with his 4.0 sacks. And that leaves Olivier Vernon, who last season with the Giants had only six and a half sacks, and he's the only returning starter from last year's defense that had over two sacks. Let me say that again. Olivier Vernon had six and a half sacks last year, and he's the only returning starter from last year's defense with over two sacks. So if Connor Barron can just average his seven sacks, now we're getting talking about getting busy. Because when you look at the projected outside linebackers, as of today for the New York Giants, or I shouldn't say today, entering summer training camp. We're looking at Olivier Vernon and Kareem Martin, and backing them up will be Connor Barwin and the rookie, Lorenzo Carter. That's a solid foursome right there. I don't know how good Kareem is at, at, or as adept as he is to getting to the uh, quarterback, but him being a veteran lets the, the rookie, Lorenzo Carter, come along at his own pace and see what type of pass rushing skills he can bring to the table. Now, area of concern for the New York Giant defense is the middle linebacking core. Now, not the starters, because the starters, you have Alec Ogletree and B.J. Goodson, two solid thumpers, two guys that are adept at stopping the run, stoning the gap, and they can cover linebackers, running backs out of the backfield, very athletic. But what concerns me is the backups. Ray Ray Armstrong and Mark Herzlick, Those guys don't stand out as guys that can be athletic enough and run-stopping enough to be a solid backup. In the event, you just need a breather, a big third down, maybe somebody gets hurt. That, to me, is my area of concern on the New York Giants' defense. Now, team strength for me on the defensive side of the ball is this defensive line. I mean, you have Mr. Dalvin for all my Jody Cs fans out there, Mr. Dalvin Thompson. Uh, to me, I understand he's coming into his second year, but he also is a graduate. I should say graduate. He did leave early. He, let, he, he came from Alabama. Alabama ran a 4-3, 3-4 multiple defensive front. So for Mr. Dalvin, stepping back into a 3-4 defense shouldn't be that much of a struggle. Snacks Harrison, He made his bones with the Jets as a 3-4 no-sackle. So for him going back to that position, the two-gapping, and as big as he is, it's nothing for him. Now, B.J. Hill, the rookie that's been drafted, he's going to vie for that other defensive end position. And you also have key reserves in Kerry Wynn, Josh Moreau, A.J. Francis, and Robert Thomas. So you got a lot of guys, a lot of meat. To stuff those gaps and allow those linebackers to really get busy in this defense. Another position battle that I want you to look out for is in the secondary. I mean, when you look at the secondary, you got Pro Bowler Janoris Jenkins, Pro Bowler Landon Collins. And look, I know last year there was a lot to be said on and off the field about Mr. Eli Apple. But look, when you're drafted, top 15 in the draft, teams aren't going to release you. They don't want to look foolish by letting young talent go and flourishing somewhere else. Now, I know uh, his teammates on, on Sport Talk Radio came out and said that he was a cancer, but I did some research. And last year, his mom had brain surgery. And you couple that with poor play on the field, a season that was finished before it even got started. Maybe he just had a lot of stress, a lot of things that was going on. And him being a young man at that age, maybe he just didn't know how to handle it and was venting in all the wrong ways. But he said that he changed his ways. The GM said, look, you have a clean slate with me so you can start with a clean slate and everything that you did in the past is in the past. And Eli Apple does have talent. So if that could shine, now you're talking about two lockdown cornerbacks. But the position battle that I want you to look out for here is the nickelback. Because the Giants acquired the services of William Gay from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Season vet, knows what to do in the middle of the field, knows how to play all the angles, knows how to work with those shifty receivers. But the acquisition of Sam Beal, interesting here a cornerback out of Western Michigan. Now, in next year's NFL draft, he was a projected first-round defensive back. But he decided to come out early, and the Giants snagged him in the supplemental draft. What is the supplemental draft? <laughs> well, the supplemental draft is this. It's the draft for guys that filed your paperwork a little bit too late for the NFL draft, but... You know you're going to the league, so you make yourself available for the supplemental draft. Guys that may have issues on and off the field, and you got kicked off your team. You may be academically ineligible. Or maybe you had to change your heart, and maybe financially you figured, look, something happened within your family that was out of your control, and you need to start making that money supporting your family. What happened with this young man to have to go into the supplemental draft? I don't know. But what I do know is he's 6'1", 180 pounds. He's an athlete with good ball skills. So give him a shot and see what he could do, right? But the biggest battle, the biggest battle, this is my, in the words of DJ Khaled, this is a major key alert, major key alert, major key alert. The biggest battle for me is that free safety. You got three guys vying for one spot. Now, a couple years ago, former third-round pick Darian Thompson was handed the keys to the position, but in his rookie season, he missed all but one game. And last year, in a three-win season, he was okay at best, one interception, six pass defenses. But he needs to show and prove. Because you got guys like Curtis Riley, who was released for the from the Titans ca- casualty, but he's been consistent in spring practice and shown that he can actually compete for the starting position. What I like about Curtis Riley, he's from White Plains. <laughs> he's a solid veteran. I'm only playing. He's a solid veteran. But from White Plains, you got to love a guy like that. And Mr. Andrew Adams. Now, he's a former... Undrafted free agent came in the same year as Darian Thompson, and in place of Darian a couple of years ago, played okay for a guy that was undrafted. He's solid. Played special teams. Didn't play a lot last year with Darian coming back, but he's another guy that hey look, he in this blitzing three four scheme that Mr. Beecher is going to run, that free safety is going to play deep in the middle of the field, and he needs to have range. What I mean by range is, for that deep third, is he going to be able to run to the sideline, left or right? Is he going to have ball skills? Let's say to press coverage, and he gets past Janoris Jenkins, is he going to be able to have his back? That's what Riley, Thompson, and Adams are going to be fighting for. That's a position battle, and that's the major key alert for me on the defensive side of the ball. Now, let's switch sides. And go to the offensive side. Now, look, say what you want, but Eli Manning, if protected and blocked for, he's still productive. Now, I understand he's not one of the top quarterbacks in the league, but you know what Eli Manning is? Tom Brady is like a Maserati. Drew Brees is like a Lamborghini. Aaron Rodgers, he's just like a, 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 a Ferrari or something like that. You know, those are like the luxury cars. Those are like the best quarterbacks in the league, right? What's Eli Manning? He's a Honda Accord. Now, when you pull up to the Celebrity Stutter Party and you look at that Lamborghini and you look at that gray Honda Accord, you go, (laughs) oh my goodness, do you see that? But in a foot of snow, what would you rather have? Would you rather be sliding up and down 95 in a Lamborghini or would you rather be sipping on your hot tea with the with the heat on, driving your Honda Accord, making sure that you go in the speed limit? That's where Eli Manning is. He's not pretty, but effective. And you know what? In a big game, I don't know how many other quarterbacks I would take over Eli Manning. Some, but I don't know how many. Area of concern for me on the offensive side of the ball. Backup quarterback. Because in the league that we're in now, That has to be a position that's solidified, starter and backup. Now, Davis Webb, he's coming into his second year now. Second offensive um, offensive coordinator, new head coach, new system to learn. How's he developing? How's he coming along? God forbid Eli gets injured or has to miss a game. Is Davis Webb ready? I mean, when you look at the running backs, I mean I think we already know what the deal is with that. I mean with Saquon, his bark better be bigger than his Barkley. When you're drafted second overall and you sign a contract guaranteeing 30 million which automatically makes you one of the top 4 paid running backs in the NFL, you got to start. I don't even care if you not talented or anything. That dude is starting. Now he's talented, he's phenomenal. But you know Barkley, they can say, we're going to ease him in. We're not going to give him the position. It's going to be a competition. Whatever. He's going to start. Now, you got a running back, a 10-year vet in Jonathan Stewart. He's a big boy. A lot of, lot of uh, wear and tear. But he didn't get Jonathan Stewart to start. You got him to be a veteran, to provide leadership. You got a second-year running back in Wayne Gallman. A rookie of Saquon Barkley. He's going to be that OG that says, look, this is what you got to do to keep your body right. This is what you should be looking for when the defensive end is going to shoot in. This might be a key indicator. When you're you're looking at running towards the right, don't look towards the right. You want to keep your eyes across the whole field. You want to look at that cutback lane, things of that nature. Maybe in the game, adjustments, little things that – Experience teaches you that only word of mouth can learn. Through word of mouth, you can learn, and not by literally having somebody tell you, go out and do this. That's what Jonathan Stewart is going to bring. And with that big body of his short yardage, goal line, I mean, dare I say thunder and lightning? Dare I say Mr. Bradshaw and Mr. Jacobs? Ooh-wee, I like the sound of that. And Wayne Gallman, second year guy. He did all right last year with no offensive line. Nice change of back guy. Catch, can run outside of uh the tackle. Very elusive. He's that type of guy that can make a two-yard run into a oh wow, 20-yard run. You look at the tight ends. I mean, look, Evan Ingram, He just he proved last year he's a stud. All over the field can play inside, off the line, on the line, in the slot as a receiver. Now, my thing is, is he good because he had all those opportunities or is he really good? I think he's good. So Evan Ingram is going to be the receiving studly tight end and Rhett Ellison is going to be your blocking tight end. You have a whole bunch of other tight ends also, but those are the two guys that are going to handle most of the work. Now, to me, this is the team's strength on the offense. When you have Mr. Odell Beckham, he alone one of being one of the top five receivers in the NFL is going to provide problems and challenges for any defense. Now, Odell, coming back from his injury at 100%, Couple of that with Sterling Shepard. I think that's a solid duo. And they acquired the services of Mr. Cody Latimer, receiver from Denver. Now, Sterling Shepard, he's going to have a little bit of an adjustment. He's going to be bumped outside. Because with no Brandon Marshall, he's going to be outside. And that may bode well for him. Because in the slot, it's all about the quick slant, the hitch, the in and out, the sluggo routes, things like that. But now on the outside, he's going to have the opportunity to really catch some balls, really press the ball down the field, really have opportunities to make some plays. And Cody Latimer, he's a burner. So he's the type of guy that's going to blow the top off a defense, maybe really allow Odell and Sterling to get busy underneath. Now, who's the fourth receiver? That is a battle. I mean, you got names like Hunter Sharp, Russell Russell Shepard, Amba Ita Tau, Marquise Bundy, Travis Rudolph, Roger Lewis Jr. I mean, look, if I were any of those guys, I would take, I would be told, look, don't stop renting. Don't put that a down payment. Don't try and get a mortgage. And tell wifey, look, I need to work, and we are not situated yet. Because that's a lot of guys. You got six guys vying for one position. Granted, maybe they might take two of those guys, but still. When you're in that position, I hope those guys play special teams because you're not going to be counted to play offense. Maybe a little bit of kick return, kickoff punt, punt return, things of that nature. Now, one of the weakest positions last year on the Giants' offense was the offensive line, but they added left tackle, Nate Solder, rookie. I shouldn't say rookie. Why would I say that? He's a tackle veteran from the New England Patriots. Now, I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank, but he could bring a lot of experience, a lot of good coaching habits from the Patriots, so hopefully that rubs off on players such as rookie guard Will Hernandez. Now you got a mauler that the Giants acquired from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Patrick Omema. And look, I know what you're going to say. Why is he still on the team? He was like easy pass last year. Eric Flowers at right tackle. Look, in a way, it might work out that Eric Flowers is starting and giving the opportunity to play right tackle. And let me explain why. In college, he was only a right tackle. And in the NFL, they tried to make him into a left tackle. I mean, he's not flexible. And in the league where the left tackle is one of the most valuable positions on the offense, he was inept. Your right tackle needs to be a strong, powerful guy. And that's what Eric Flowers brings. Why is the left tackle position so important? Because when you're a right-handed quarterback and you're setting to throw the ball, where are you not looking? The left side of the offensive line, your blind side right behind you. So that left tackle is going to be left on the island, and he needs to know the quarterback that I trust that I will be protected. Eli didn't feel that way last year with Eric Flowers. Nate Solder, he should be able to do that. Now, if Eric Flowers can flourish... And Bloom at the right tackle, we might be talking about something. Because along this offensive line, the biggest position battle for me, major key alert, DJ Khaled, major key alert, is at the center. Because with Weston Richburg leaving to go to the San Francisco 49ers, you have John Jalapio. Who's John Jalapio? He's a six-round pick of the New England Patriots in the 2014 NFL Draft. He's been cut by three teams before making the Giants practice squad in 2016. And from that point, he's worked his way up from backup guard to, in spring camp, starting center. Now, I like a story like John Jalapio only because being cut by three teams and working your way up from a backup guard to a starting center, that lets me know that you're tough, you're gritty, and you'll do what it takes to get the job done. And who's he battling? Brett Jones. Who's Brett Jones? Well, he's played in the CFL. That's the Canadian Football League, where he run the Rookie of the Year and Offensive Lineman of the Year. When was the last time you heard of a Rookie of the Year being an Offensive Lineman? So that lets you know that this dude is talented. But he was penciled in as the starting center. But now with Mr. Jalapio and what he's proven in that position battle, it looks like that Mr. Brett Jones is going to have to show and prove that he's capable of not only taking a position back, but holding on to it. Now, I don't want to give you my prediction for the Giants because this is things that I'm, telling you guys to look out for what I'm looking out for and what the projections are going into summer camp. And what summer camp is, is to iron out all these things so that when you break and the first day of the season comes in September, you know who you are, you know what you are, you know how you're going to go about getting wins. Now, that's my Giants training camp preview. I hope you enjoyed it and you found it informative. Thank you for listening. And like I do with every episode... I want to leave you with a positive quote. Today's positive quote is, worry does not empty tomorrow of its troubles. It empties today of its strength. I'll repeat that. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its troubles. It empties today of its strength. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.